Gospel reading for this morning is taken from Matthew's Gospel, beginning in the 6th chapter at the 25th verse. Matthew wrote these things, Jesus speaking. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There's far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even ever seen, Don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you? Do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting, so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all of your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? God has created us and called to us and formed us as a people. We are no longer lonely individuals but part of the whole of the human race, living, trusting, sharing with others. We discover life to be so complex. It is tears, it is joy, it is sorrow, it is a gift from God. The relationships we celebrate and form here and now are gifts from God. The healing and reconciliation we receive is a gift from God. Laugh, cry, sing, be silent in whatever way we live. Be thankful to God. Amen. The young boy was driving a hay wagon down the road when the wagon fell over in front of a farmer's house. And the farmer came out 
and saw the boy crying. And said, son, don't worry about this. We can fix it. But right now, lunch is ready. Why don't you come on inside and eat with us, and then I'll help you put the hay back on the wagon again. And the boy said, oh, no, I can't. My father is going to be very angry with me. The farmer said, now don't worry. Just come in and have some lunch and you'll feel better. And the boy said, I'm just afraid. My father is going to be very angry with me. And the farmer and the young boy went inside and had lunch. And afterwards, as they walked outside to the hay wagon, the farmer said, now, Don't you feel better after that great lunch? And the boy said, yes. But I just know that my father will be very angry with me. The farmer said, nonsense. Where is your father anyway? And the boy said, he's under that wagon. Why do I worry? Why do you worry? Why do we get anxious? I really think the basic answer is easy, actually. I get anxious because something has happened that I can't control. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. I don't have the ability. I don't have the time. You name it. Whatever you may think it needs, I just don't have it. The reason I worry is because there's a problem and I can't do anything about it. I can't change it. I can't fix it. And Jesus says worrying is useless. It doesn't change anything. You know, when I'm honest, it doesn't even make me feel better. Look at the birds. Look at the lilies of the field. When we get bogged down, we need to look around and pay attention to what God has already done. And it all comes back to priorities. What are yours? Are you living and working to pay the bills and maybe pad the bank account a bit? What is the very most important thing to you? Paul Tillich, a 20th century theologian, says that whatever our highest priority is functions as a God for us. He calls it our ultimate concern. That is our top priority. That is what functions as a God for us, whether we outwardly worship it or not. And no matter what we say is most important, it is the thing that concerns us most That is our ultimate concern. So what is it for you? Your family, church, job, wallet or purse? Do we ever even really know? How can you determine where your priorities lie? I think Jesus gave us a big hint when he said, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And taking a personal inventory of time, talent, treasure may help us to see what these things of ultimate concern 
really are for us. How many minutes are there in a year? Now, if you're a fan of the Broadway show Rent, you can tell me that a year includes 525, 6,600 minutes. How, many, how have you spent those 525,600 minutes since last Thanksgiving? Where have you spent your time? Have you sought out the kingdom of God? Have you worked for justice? Have you changed anything lately? How do you measure that past year? I encourage you to try this at home sometime. Make a chart of your week. Mark off the time you sleep and the time you work or go to school. And now take an inventory of the other 60-some hours of your week. How many hours do you spend on a hobby? How many hours of quality time with a spouse, parents, or children? How much time actually engaging in conversation with one another or interacting in positive ways? And then, just for a bit of a surprise, add up all of the hours you spend on worship, Bible study, prayer, devotions, and compare those numbers to see what you spend your time on and what it says about your priorities. What does the way you spend your time say about you? You know, I bring all of this up on the final Sunday of our stewardship campaign. The Sunday before Thanksgiving, I think they're both appropriate considerations tied to these verses. Your time and talents will offer you a snapshot. It is one moment in time. What that looks like, that can change over time. Our priorities ebb and flow, rise and fall, with the arrival and departure of children and spouses and jobs, things change. The snapshots, I think, are important, though, because they can help us remember these moments in time and what life looked like for us. If we need to make some changes, these snapshots provide a starting place from which we can measure our progress. If we are happy where we are, these snapshots will fuel good memories of times, talents, and resources well spent. And I think I've told you this before because it constantly is in my head. Jesus was the most present person that ever lived to me. He was keenly aware of his surroundings and the people that were with him in that moment. And he spoke and taught in picture stories, illustrations straight out of everyday life in which we can see God all around us if we look the right way. So the next time you feel anxious, Maybe remember to look for all that God has already done. And be thankful. Amen.